Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant, where we work our way through who, at least I believe, are the most relevant players across Dream Team, Supercoach, and AFL Fantasy for 2022. And when I say it's what I think, it's genuinely what I think. And so while other members of the Coaches Panel certainly have their say on it, there are some players that we come to and others are like, MJ, why is he even in your 50? Let alone others that are convinced he's low. And on this episode, as we talk about Jade Gresham, look, it's not overselling it too much, but Jimmy, who's our special guest on this episode, don't seem super bullish and keen on young Jade Lynn Gresham. Yeah. Hello, MJ. Hello, listeners. You're, um, you were kind enough, MJ, to throw um, freaking George Hewitt at me for my first one of these. <laughs> uh, was that a week or two ago now? And um, it took me a little while to warm up, but we got there. Hmm. I can see the the potential value in that one, but uh, sure. I'm struggling a bit today. I'll be honest. It's all right. Sure I see it. I've Talk thrown you a couple of fun ones uh, yep. throughout the 50 most relevant. That is for sure. <laughs> well, let's work our way through and see what has got some coaches in the fantasy community optimistic and positive that he could be a really viable option in their starting squad while others have a healthy dose of skepticism around him at all. Still just the 24 years of age, mid forward, Last year, with some really strong scores for him across the format, he actually got his career score in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team last year against the Demons. It was a 107 for AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. Uh, 104 in that same game for Supercoach was his best 2021 score. But that is uh, kind of a distant score in comparison to his career high score. you got to go back to 2018 against the Gold Coast Suns in Supercoach. It was a 131. He delivered an average of 73 in AFL Fantasy and 68.6 in Supercoach. It's fairly injury impacted with a round three injury, which we will no doubt talk about. But what has people excited about him is the potential value at his price point. Priced at 299k in Supercoach, 509,000 in AFL Fantasy and 498k in DT. And I suppose... It's a challenging one to look at for us, isn't it, Jimmy? We're looking for all these guys at these interesting price points to kind of get us there. Um, But someone like a Jay Gresham could, and that is the key word here, could, based off a few moments of data of what he showed at the AFL and certainly what he has delivered for us at his under-18s level, he's shown some fantasy pedigree, albeit small, And if he can get a fast start, maybe like what Tex Walker did in 2021, then maybe coaches will feel warranted that this could be a viable option. As as a lot of ifs and maybes in that sense. I've got more ifs to come in this podcast, Jimmy. Don't worry about that. Oh, look, I just, yeah, you're right. If he he takes off in a big way, yeah, that certainly helps to set up your season. But... um, Coming off the back of um, of two fairly serious injuries That's these true. last two seasons, um, and and it feels like he's fairly dependent on on mid time to get the higher scores that he's got. Mm. Um, and you talk about his career high in Dream Team being what, was a one hundred and seven? Did you say? Yeah, 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 last year against yeah. Melbourne, one hundred and seven. 
that's his career high. It's it's and he's done that once. I'm not sure that that's a great thing. Um, Supercoach, I can certainly see a lot more appeal. He's a lot cheaper there, and his yes, scores he scores are generally a bit higher. You know, and he does get it. He usually uses it pretty okay. But um, yeah, from a dream team point of view, with that higher price tag, yes, um, and less of a track record to go on, like his. You know, as far as full season or close to full seasons go, you know, his, his best was what, 81 a few years ago? I yeah, think. 83 and, in Dream Team Fantasy back in yeah. 2019 and the 84 in Supercoach that same year. Sure. So, yeah, and, and this year, you know, maybe 80s, you know, and, and we'll say 80s, you know, you know he has yeah. a good year. He might go closer to the, the top end of that. But is, is 80s enough for him? Does that make him a worthwhile stepping stone at that starting price? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess. It's January. We don't really rule out too many players in January. Um, no, that's true. We don't. It is looking about what are the possibilities, what yeah. are the probabilities, and then different coaches have different strategies, structures, risk aversion, mm-hmm. and ways of getting there. Because the narrative that a coach goes, I like what Jade Gresham is, partially might be dependent, as you mentioned, on mm. format. But also, he started really strongly last year. He moved from that heavy forward X-factor craft guy into that more midfield role. Still was about 48 and then again, 58% of CBAs across those two games. But this is how round one and two played out for us. And I think this is what has caught coaches' eyes at these price points. 28 possessions in round one, five marks, five score involvements, three tackles, that 95 in dream team and fantasy and an 82 in super coach. Backs it up the week later with a 29 possession game. Six marks, six score involvements, two tackles, that 107, the career high in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, the 104 in Supercoach. The next week goes down early in the game against the Bombers with that Achilles injury. But I I think that's what's got coaches excited as if if he gets enough centre bounce moments where it's closer to that 50%. And then when he is playing as that forward role, because he is crafty. He offers great dynamic X factor, real smooth mover of the ball, high footy IQ um, with Max King in that forward line that should further provide opportunities for better um, goal craft around through there. Coaches are probably hoping, and maybe this is a, a stretch. Maybe he could transition into that Robbie Gray style of player. Not saying he is going to be that player, but that style where it's, really smart and crafty through the forward line and really, really good clearance burst of speed through stoppage at centers. I think that's what coaches, this is the narrative of how coaches is going. I'm in on the Gresham train this year. Yeah, look, and the, that risk reward, I guess, is sort of what you're buying with him. And I guess, you yes. know, how many of those players do you want to pick uh, going into round one and and which ones are they going to be? And yeah, I guess he deserves a spot on that watch list um, hmm. coming into the um, the Alphabet Cup or whatever the preseason thing's called. Well, we year. called it the Maynard yeah. Cup Maynard and then it got Cup. destroyed by him playing, you know, seen days later oh. in that defensive unit. So I, I'm tentative to call anything in anybody's cup now because Rids jinxed it. Yeah, yeah, that'll happen. Rids will do that. So yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, look, I just, I, I don't know. And and you look at that Saints midfield now and yeah. I can't make sense of it for one. Um, I'm not 
or what they're trying to achieve with that. And I'm just not sure where he fits. And and someone like Gresham, he's talented enough. He's best 22. There's no, no question. Um, it's just a matter about what role they find and think he's going to have in the team. And yeah, he started last year. So I've got uh, Mr. One-Year-Old giving his opinions too. He's quite He's a Gresham up. fan and he he's not enjoying your analysis. That's what it is. No, that's that's it. He's uh, no dad. He's um he's absolutely starting on ball. Um, there it is. Yeah. That's it. Good good luck to him if that's the case. That's right. you, you'll you have want you want nothing to do with that assistant coach role at that team. That, I get it. That's it. Um so yeah, I just yeah, you look at what that midfield has at the moment and the options that they have to roll through there. Um, a lot of it, you know, Jack Steele aside, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but Gresham will play. We know that much. Yes. He's fit in place. There's no question there. So no. that's, that's great at his price point. Um, if we go into it with an expectation, maybe that's not that he's going to be scoring 90s and 100s every week, then yes. I think that's a valid approach. Um, and you're just looking at it as a, a best case scenario if Fords really do suck this year, especially in a, a fantasy or, or dream team type uh, setup, then maybe he sneaks along at your F6 or slides to F7. Maybe sure. he's a good stepping stone to go and get yourself a, a top ender after seven or eight weeks. I don't know, but um, oh, I'm he, just, he's a, he's I, a I, tough I, one I, to place because he does need that. You're yeah. right. He does need that midfield moments like these are and names of a bunch of guys all clamoring for maybe not so much cbas because we know midfield minutes are broader than just a center bounce attendance it's the wings it's where you play off the flanks whether it be pushing up or or pushing back in, in towards them jack steals the star no one would question that brad crouch can't do anything but play midfield dan hannabury if fit plays but that's the big if if fit Hunter Clark should be playing through there, but he's rarely getting opportunities. Zach Jones can play through the the midfield, but probably more suited to the wings, similarly with a Brad Hill. And they did pick up a really classy South Australian kid in Malira Wanganin, who I think is going to be brilliant for him, but it'll take some time. Seb Ross has fallen out of love, it seems, with the clubs from a from a midfield opportunity burns has got a few opportunities billings has never really even though he's midfield eligible for us this year probably more a half forward than a wing in, in a pure sense and then you've got higgins who joined the club who you could build a case the club might go well we like higgins work more forward or we like it more mid or and so it does become what really comes to the key reminder for all preseason teams for us at the moment is watch the preseason not the intra club because the intra club is a doubling up of roles and functions watch practice games against other teams watch the self-proclaimed maynard community series see how players go and function and then make those informed decisions because you mentioned and i'm keen on your thoughts here jimmy the forward line is We've got some really nice options from Champion Darth. We've been given a Trelaw. We've been given a Cornelio. We've been given a Taranto. We've been given a Duncan. All yep. on their day, one and 10 plus guys across mm-hmm. the formats. But that is a big if on their day. And if if I was to just go through some of the, the top 10 names across formats. Just before you do that. Yes, um, please. Before we move on from where you're talking about the Saints midfield options. The, yeah. um 
Because in addition to those names you mentioned before, you've got kids like Bytel that are coming through as well, shown a bit, um, who, if the Saints are realistic about what this year should mean for them, he should be getting some good time in the role that they want to develop him for going forward. Should, 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 should. Um, We also look at round one and two last year where Billings did what he did. um, And that's not Billings, sorry. Um, Gresham. Without Gresham, sorry. um, but the um, we look at Gresham. The in that those two games last year, mm. um, the first two names you mentioned after Steele, um, in terms of uh, Brad Crouch and Hanbury, didn't play round one yeah, or two. Last that's year. right. So it's not as though uh, Gresham got those mid minutes and had that role in a full strength Saints outfit either. Um, that's right. So I think that needs to be kind of tempered a little bit too. But. Um, yeah, just wanted to throw that in before we moved on to the fourth step. No, I think it's important. All these are the ingredients in the elements for, for coaches to ponder and to consider. But yeah, we were talking about these top end forwards that we've got are great options. And sometimes it's really easy to build a negative case against a player. And then other times that forward line, as I look at it, while I think we've got some very, very good options, you can very easily make a case against a lot of forward premiums not being great this year. For example, Tim Taranto, he's no certainty to play as a centre-bounce midfielder. And if he's not, he's not great. Mitch Duncan, great when he plays. But the key thing is when he plays. Josh Dunkley, injured most seasons. And who can trust the role? Yes, I'm taking my cane hat off for a moment there. (laughs) Steel side bottom. Never really got going last year. And in a rebuild, can you trust that? Same thing with a Chad Wingard. Adam Trelaw, these injuries are mounting up. Toby Green, not playing for the first couple of months. Jordan Degoe, he's just days back into the club and being training in an elite unit. Dustin Martin, reliable as anything, but the ceiling's fallen away. Taran Thomas, he's in a side that has got some really nice, juicy midfielders, and it's all fighting for opportunities. And Jake Stringer, who is not a name you want to be using when you're talking about premium forward <laughs> options, because that probably best typifies, and no knock on Jake, just exactly where this line is for us. So I think the thought for coaches optimistic about Gresham is, I don't like the forward premiums. I don't think the upper tier is as high to chase. And if he can jag enough CBAs, and if St Kilda can keep that ball inside forward 50, Yep, it's a lot of ifs. Hmm. But if you can get five or six weeks of ifs going your way, you're on your way. And worst case scenario at his price point, there will be a forward that pops. There will be a Taylor Walker type guy that starts the year on fire, whether it be by role, by fitness or whatever have you. And, And so there is a world in salary caps where even if the first two games aren't great, there's the abort button, his price that a reasonable stepping stone, and you can go somewhere else. So you're not bolted in to fall in love with the pick for the year if you need to abort from the move. Oh, absolutely. And, and we can say that about every, um, every player, of course, That's true. too. And I think part of um, structuring your team is working on the basis that you, you can't trade out half of your lineup after round two. Yeah. Uh, if you've got an injury or you've got a couple of these um, mid-price types that haven't worked for whatever reason, or you've missed the the gun premium rookie that you should have got, 
um, whatever it is, you, you've only got two trades after That's round true. two. Years. So it's, um, yeah, you've got options, but you don't have uh, a, an entire, um, you know, change all kind of option there. So yeah. it, we, we keep that in mind too. That's not to say that you can't use it on him. And, and even if you don't, it's still, as you say, you really only need to get maybe what six weeks out of yeah, him to I think so. really open up the board in terms of what those options are. And, you know, if someone like a, a Trelaw or a Taranto find themselves in the forward pocket for a game or get heavily tagged or, uh, you know, they, they pop one low score sure. in around that sort of round three kind of mark, it drops their price a fair bit. And suddenly it might not cost much, um, you know, in round six or seven to go directly from a, a Aggression straight to one of those, um, you know, so-called big dogs, as you say. So, yeah, it gives you options. I love that yeah. sneaky bit of advice you gave there around the building your team around knowing where your risk points are and what you can and can't achieve. Because you're right, you can only make a certain amount of moves. I, I think that's some brilliant advice for for coaches. They look to get the balance right for their coaching structure um, across formats. Again, every format different rules, different trade rules, different salary caps, all those variances. But keep those elements in mind. Know where your risk points are, where those pressure points are, and and move accordingly. There are teams that could be really stuck really quickly in, in that forward line. All it takes, we don't have a great history of Cornelio. He's a gun, but he's also not great. Butters doesn't have great. We can keep going on and on, and we won't do that because it's not fair to do the negatives. Rather, it's to point the just know how you're balancing and structuring that side. All right, let's look at drafts before we wrap up this episode on Jade Gresham. I think he's a valuable stepping stone option to consider. But on draft day, the price discount means nothing. Hmm. On draft day, you probably won't have a bullish Saints fan in your league. No, that's not fair. You might. You <laughs> might have a bullish Saints There's fan. Not, a bullish and Saints fan aren't two words usually. No, no, no. Um, secretly fan. hiding Saints fan. No, that's it. Um, and, and whoever they are, they're picking Jack Steele in round one. And, 100% uh, they are. And they're trading their it. second, third, fourth, and fifth round selections for him. Exactly. Um, but um, and where does he go on me. draft day, man? Uh, steel first round, absolutely. No, 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 Gresham. Gresham. Um, Gresham, I think, is is an interesting one, and I think he will go a little bit under the radar from that point of view. Yeah, he's the sort of guy that is going to be going um, as that sort of. For most coaches, you'd be targeting him as sort of your F three ish, give or yeah. take. But he's going to be at around that time where you've got. Still, um, you know, 9,500 point mids on the board as well. And so it's a really tricky time to be trying to pick which avenue you go down there. So mm. you can easily slide a, a good two or three rounds longer than you might estimate at the start of the draft as people do take those midfielders or, um, you know, try and grab a defender while there's still one left that's capable of scoring more than 64. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and people will be looking at him not too long after uh, a lot of those other names that you mentioned, because he's got that potential. But yes. Yeah. You know, as for salary, he's a risk reward kind of pick, but you don't have that option of trading him out for Toronto after six weeks in, in draft. No, that's, that's true. He's um, I, I wouldn't be aggressively chasing him. I've, yeah. um, as I've hinted, I guess once or twice in this uh, <laughs> episode, I'm not overly bullish, but he's um. He, he is on the board, I think, is one that I would happily take it around that, um, 
yeah, F three ish probably kind of mark. Um, yeah, F four feels like the prime to go yeah for like it, it all depends i suppose on when your draft is on draft day how close to the season what yep. news has come out of st kilda what role he has you, yeah. you mentioned yeah. you, the crouch and, and hanabry out at the start yeah. of the year was a by osmosis probably created that role for gresham so yep. if a couple of those things happen okay well now f3 is not so much reaching but you might mm. be lucky to pick him there um, well, yeah, absolutely. He's he's one that I think can get a lot of preseason hype if he plays yeah. well in one or um, one or more of those games, um, or if uh, certain um, do we call them influencers in this game? Yes. Yeah, you know, talking about him online that um, yeah that that train can run very quickly. But he's um, yeah, I just at this point he's not one that I'm going to hammer for um, no, and this year, without knowing what UF are going to do in terms of uh, extra positions, which are due to drop any day now, I think any day. Um, as, as of time of recording, any day now, they might be out by the time uh, Patreons oh, get to lovely. But, uh, well, yeah, that would be nice. But um, at this point, we don't know how many other options we're getting back and forth. And in lieu of that information, to me, this feels like it's the sort of draft year to load up on midfielders early. Um, more so than most years even. Um, yeah, so. I think that's a, a fair call. Yeah. He's a, an interesting player to look at. And if you want to go and check mm-hmm. out the article on Jade Gresham, it is online for you now at coachespanel.tv. Hey, Jimmy, appreciate your work as always, my friend. Uh, always happy to help. Thank you. I'll try to give you a uh, player that you love uh, in the next episode. <laughs> of, no, uh, it's, uh, you're keeping me on my toes with these. There's no point calling me up and go, hey, Jimmy, let's talk about Dusty for an hour. No, okay. No, well, we won't do that. We've already, no, no. already had him in, you in have, uh, you have, 50. Or have we? Or have we? <laughs> have we? I'm not sure. Or yeah. have we? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to. Honestly, people kind of obviously already know if you have or haven't already had him in the 50 most relevant. If you're not sure who's been revealed so far in the 50 most relevant, you can go back and check it out at coachespanel.tv. For those still wondering or quickly going back to coachespanel.tv, we have already had Dusty. He was at 34, but that's okay. Uh, If you want to go and read the article on Dusty or any of the other players that have just happened in the past few days, Andrew Brayshaw, Matt Rowe, Darcy Parrish, Marcus Bontempelli and more, All the links are at coachespanel.tv. You can sign up while you're there to our Patreon supporter group for just a couple of bucks a month. Uh, There are some great exclusive rewards that you can get involved in and and a bunch of different tiers as well. So depending on what is able and available for you is a bunch of different rewards. Uh, One of the great new Patreons that has just jumped on board at our premium tier is Sam Austin. Thank you, Sam for your great support and jumping into that premium tier of Patreon just over the past couple of days. So tomorrow, the number 26 point of the 50 most relevant. And I feel like it's time we bring our first outsider of the coaches panel on for 2022. So you've heard from Kane, you've heard from Louie, you've heard from Jimmy, you've heard from Jordox, you've heard from Rids, you've heard from a bunch of the coaches panel members. Now, We're heading out and about across the fantasy community. We're heading to our friends at Dr. Supercoach and Chizo, who's been on the 50 most relevant with us before. Who's on with Chizo? Which player are we talking about? Here's the clue I'll tell you. If you follow Dr. Supercoach and you know his love of certain defenders, you probably already got a pretty good idea who's coming tomorrow. 
Who is he? Our Patreons know. Dr. Supercoach fans probably also know due to Chizo's undeniable love of this player. Who is he? For the rest of us, we'll find out tomorrow in the 50 minutes. <laughs>